Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along my co-host, Eddie Richard. And we have a good show for you this week. Uh, we're wrapping up the uh, Ducks season. Uh, they did their exit interviews, as you know. We had the draft lottery that just occurred. Uh, the playoffs are underway and some league news as well. So we're going to get it started. Uh, you know, we did our last show a couple weeks ago, right before uh, the final games of the season. So we'll talk a little bit about that. We also apologize for the sound there, Eddie's uh, Computer was a little bit on the whack. So, but anyways, with that, Eddie, what did you think about the Ducks' last couple games? You know, they won the last four out of five. Um, they ended up, you know, being eighth basically in that draft lottery, entering that. Um, what did you think? Sam still had a hat trick. Raquel had a hat trick. Uh, some good stuff going on there. Uh, I know we went to the, the second game against Calgary, and then also they beat the Kings. So, what did you think about the end of the season there? I love their just their whole dedication and their their will. The fight, they didn't just roll over on their bellies just to kind of tank, as people have been calling it. You know, they actually played it with some pride. And I, I've seen post people saying, oh, you know, you know, it, it's, it's not about pride. It's about the draft pick. But no, the, these players showed some real heart and, and dedication. And it just it gets us pumped up and motivated for next year. Like we can actually call this retooling and not a rebuild. And, and it gives us that, you know, that, you know, just is it October yet and wait to see what this team does. I mean, I'm glad they, you know, they didn't just roll over and tank, and I'm glad they went out 110. percent It's you know those games they played 60 minutes, and it was good to see. Well, maybe not full 60 minutes. They probably played like, you know, like 55 minutes or something. But at least they went out there, you know, and did way better than before. Um, I joked around saying, "Hey, you know, if we wanted a higher draft pick, we should have just kept Carlisle." But I mean, it'd just be miserable as a Ducks fan to see them play. And, I went with you to my, my final game that Wednesday against Calgary. It was a blast. We had a lot of fun. It was just a, a great atmosphere. Then I had a you know some few of my hockey buddies, that are half Kings, half Ducks fans, over at my house for that Friday. A little, a little like a, a get together watch party with like six of us, and it was just fun going back and forth and saying who's a, I guess the biggest loser or whatever. But I mean, I'm glad the the, the Ducks had a fight, and, and it was a good physical game, and it, it, it seemed like these teams were just they really wanted to beat each other and none of them wanted to roll over. So I really like, I really like what I saw and I'm just, it gives me like, so like motivation and I just can't wait till the next season to see what this team brings. And I, I doubt we're going to be in this situation uh, that come this time next year. You know, I I'm pretty sure we'll be in the playoffs, especially with all the heart and stuff we see. So all we need to do is just find a good coach and, and get some players in with some speed and hopefully some checking too. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, that final game was uh, pretty exciting. You know, we, we kept talking about how we wanted the Ducks to at least beat the Kings, and they didn't in those two previous games, and then finally they got it done in this one. And then, of course, the nastiness unfolded in the game, there all kinds of scraps and whatnot. Uh, a couple times you basically saw everybody grabbing a partner and dancing. You know, no you know, straight-up fight, I guess you could say, occurred in that game, but there was a, a lot of, you know, people being paired up and going at it. Um, we saw Getzloff even throw a little uh, punch there at Kempe, and he ended up getting fined for that, unfortunately. But, you know, a couple grand, whatever, it's chump change to him. But, uh, yeah, I, I like the way that they, they finished this season. Uh, the only bad game really was the first game against Calgary when they got blown out. And then, of course, uh, you know, Troy Terry got hurt in that one, unfortunately. He's supposed to be out 
eight to 12 weeks, you know, with his broken leg, you know, he blocked a Giordano shot and God, that play, it, it didn't look super terrible when it happened. I mean, obviously he had to limp back to the bench. So you knew something was wrong. And, uh, you know, when he's all, you know, kind of crawling on the ice there and whatnot, but that was unfortunate. But the way the, the team played with, you know, Sam Steele getting that hat trick, we saw Raquel finally come to life, you know, at the end of the season, hopefully he carries that in the beginning of the season. And like you said, the Ducks looked a lot better. You know, they looked like a team that, you know, could actually do, you know, somewhat decent in the playoffs. I mean, obviously we know they wouldn't have gone far, but at least the way that they played these last uh, five games looked much, much improved. And I, I guess some people probably didn't like that because of the way the draft lottery went. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, overall, I liked what I saw in the, in the final uh, two weeks. You know, the Ducks ended up 35, uh, 37, and 10. Uh, you know, not the greatest record, you know, almost 500 basically. And uh, they're missing the playoffs for the first time since 2012. Uh, it's kind of crazy, Eddie. It, it, it's weird to me now. I'm like, hey, I have some free time. What am I going to do? There's no more, uh, you know, pre-game articles to write or post-game articles to write. I have some free time now for once, but uh, I'm kind of disappointed, of course. And, you know, the Kings and the Ducks also both missed the playoffs this time around, and that's the first time since 2003-2004 as well, Eddie. So, um, you know, I guess mixed feelings for some, but I I like how they played. Uh, I like how they picked up the pace and stuff. Uh, A little bit of injury stuff we'll get to in a second. But any other thoughts that you want to add before we talk about the uh, exit interviews? No, it was great. I mean, Getzoff getting fined for, you know, I guess touching Kempe or whatever. I, I didn't know it was like basketball rules. And I just, you know, I, I hope the league, it, I hope they just fire Perils as that. So he, he's a dip. I remember I had a typo, you know, DOPS, I put dips, but I think that's the best word to describe what they're doing over there. They're just suspending people for the, the craziest things. It seems like you just blow by someone. I mean, I, I, this league's just turning into like, a, it's like basketball. I watch basketball with my buddy. It's just they blow on each other like, oh, my God, they flop, they fall, and boom, they get a free throw. Like, man, it's crazy. But like I said, I'm real, like I'm a really negative person per se. Like if people that know me, I'm usually nine times out of ten, I'm usually negative, and I have a reason for that. But when it comes to hockey and it comes to my teams, I always have that like optimism. And, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and watch an 82-game season. I'm not going to sit here and write or cover games if I really think my team's not going to make it or have that, you know, that just – I hope my team will make it. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just happy that, you know, those last few games, the Ducks really played their hearts out and we saw what they can do. And, yeah, it's going to be a long off season, But, yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll, we'll think of some articles to write and we'll still, you know, keep active and keep you guys entertained and, and find something to write about and just write about it. So, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you had a good article too. Uh, you know, we'll, I guess, talk about it right now, but the, on the draft lottery a little bit, just you talked about the picks that the Ducks had done uh, since 2008. So if you haven't seen that article, go back and check it out. We're going to have a lot of articles and podcasts too, covering the obviously the draft, the free agency, the coaching, a bunch of stuff going on. So we're not going anywhere. Also appreciate all the support too that we've been uh, getting lately. We've got a lot of good uh, reviews on iTunes and whatnot. So I uh, appreciate that as well. So the, uh, the Ducks, after the season ended, obviously, I know playoffs, as we said, they had the exit interviews. Uh, the, two, the two biggest ones really were Kessler and Murray's uh, exit interviews. We'll talk about Kessler first. Obviously, he's been a big topic throughout this show and, and every show uh, throughout the season and even before the season started. But I think the thing that kind of got me in, in watching his exit interview, Eddie, 
I, you know, I'm, I'm an emotional kind of guy and, um, you know, I, I can just feel for the guy. I watching that video got me kind of teary eyed. I, I really feel bad for the guy, especially I, I think this comment and everybody's pretty much seen it or read it or, or listened to it or whatever. But he said, you know, quote, this year, the hip got worse. That's why we need to find some options, not just for hockey, but for my life. Simple things like putting on socks in the morning is tough. I mean, that's, I, wow. I mean, you want to talk about, holy crap, you know, that that kind of got to me. And, you know, he, he went through the season, still got that thousandth game under his belt. Um, as I talked about in the exit interview article, there's also the Sports Illustrated article, The Journey of a Warrior, which, I mean, I don't like to use terms loosely. And that term, warrior, you can absolutely use for Kessler, all the stuff he's gone through. We've talked about him doing his gym, you know, spending 60 grand on his vacation house to get that ready. We, you know, the seven, eight hours of rehab and, and different workouts that he has to do and the things to get game ready. So, um, you know, that was kind of painstaking, uh, you know, and he talked about, you know, just all the stuff he had to go through. He didn't go into too much deep detail. You know, the video is only four or five minutes or whatnot, but you can read that article on there. And it's the biggest question mark really for the Ducks this season is if he comes back, we talked about, you know, his salary, they've still got to pay him for a couple more years. And, you know, what is he going to do? I mean, this is a tough one. They, they talked about that they're still going to meet with doctors, still going to meet uh, with Murray and go over everything. But this is tough, Eddie. I mean, we, we talked about it multiple times in the show, not going to, you know, belabor it. But I mean, like a lot of people are saying, you know, retirement seems like it might be the way to go. I mean, he like we said, he got that thousandth game. He does still want to get to the Stanley Cup. But I mean, holy moly, that, um, I don't know, I just got kind of emotional in that exit interview part. And um, I just hope whatever the decision is, I hope it's just the best for him and his family, Eddie. Oh, yeah, I agree. And Kessler is probably like one of my favorite, if not my favorite Ducks player currently on the roster. It, it's it's heartbreaking to see this, but his performance went down. And, and just him, that comment about how he can't even put on the socks, that's, that's real heartbreaking, and, and I, I use that term too, warrior. I mean, these are our hockey players, Kessler included. They're all warriors. Uh, I mean, times when I was in basic training in the army, there was days where I was like, "What the hell did I sign up for? Like, this is bullshit. I I, I should just quit and go home." <laughs> but you know, I had pictures uh, in, in my locker with you know my family, my friends. I had like notes of encouragement, but I also had a lot of hockey pictures on there because. Those guys motivated me. Like since I was a kid, I always just looked up to the hockey players, and an adult now I should look up to them. That you just have that respect and that mentality, that no quit. You know, you fight to the very end, and just seeing them play the game the way they do and, and how they do it. These these are true class act warriors, and I really, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm 32 years old right now. I, I'll still look up to a 21 year old just playing the game. And just how he plays it with, with all heart and their interviews. It's never I, 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 which I'm not to try to criticize basketball, but I've been watching it more because my buddy, I live with my buddy. So, but I see some of their interviews. It's like, I did this, I did that. I scored that with hockey. It's we did this, we did that. Or, Oh, how about that goal you scored? Oh no, it's because he set me up and he helped me do this. It's always just that, that positivity. Like they're so humble and you know, they're great athletes and, it just it's really heartbreaking to see uh, at Cindy underscore OP wrote a personal letter of encouragement to Kessler. And he actually responded 
uh, I'll read you a little snippet of it, but he said, uh, thank you so much, you know, at Cindy and the entire army of Anaheim Ducks fans for your encouragement and support. Uh, uh, Ducks and Pucks and my personal uh, page, Argonzo444, we both retweeted and shared it. So, I, you know, I, it's worth the read and take a look, but he, he just acknowledges the fans too. Uh, I, I wish him the best, and I've said this numerous times, and I would love him to come back and just be Kessler. But, I mean, for him not able to put on his socks or anything, you know, quality life is, is – should be his number one priority, especially with the family. Yeah, and if he does, you know, based upon what everything's been said, is that he would have another surgery. We're talking about a full-on hip replacement surgery. That's something that most people don't come back from. Or if they do, uh, you know, they, they play a handful of games and then they retire. Not a lot of people are able to come back and play several seasons from that. So if that's, in fact, what he has to do, then, I, I you know, I lean towards that. Is him maybe retiring, uh, you know, instead. But, I mean, there's that money, of course. There's still three more seasons. You know, the $6.8 million for those three years. Uh, another option some people talk about is the LTIR. I don't know if the Ducks want to do that because now you're tying up a lot of money with Ryan Kessler. You know, we did talk about Patrick Eves and his situation where it looks like he is most likely done is what we're hearing. Um, and the Ducks, you know, they, they could deal with Patrick Eves and they, you know, with one year on his contract, put him on the LTIR. He's only owed $2 million next season. So that seems more plausible with Eves if Eves does not retire or they uh, buy him out. But with Kessler, it's more complicated. You've got these three years. Um, you know, you either retire and he, he loses the money. The Ducks try to buy him out. Or, you know, like we said, long-term injury reserve, you know, it's, it's tough. I, I don't think he's, he wants to retire uh, based upon everything we're seeing. But if he's going to come back and play, it's, it's going to be tough to justify $6.8 million for basically a bottom six uh, forward is what you're looking at. I mean, he can still do his thing in the face-offs. He's still decent on defense. But obviously, we've seen the offense has gone down. And, you, you know, you can watch him skating out there. His transition game isn't the same as it was, and it's not a knock on him. I mean, it's you're talking about a guy that had fragments taken out of his hip. I mean, hello, uh, you know, that's tough to overcome. And now talking about a full-blown hip replacement, uh, it's crazy. I, I, I really hope that, you know, that he's able to figure it out for himself. And to me, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know if he does come back. Now with this talk with the hip replacement surgery and everything, I know he's really big on trying to get – you know, to the Stanley Cup final and win a cup. Um, but I, at the same time, you know how Kessler is. He's not the type to lay down and give up. I mean, he's fought so hard to get to this point. Um, I don't see it being out of the question that he is out there in the beginning of the season. So I, I think he has a chance uh, if he doesn't do the full-blown hip surgery of coming back next season and, and being out there, how effective he'll be. We'll have to see. Obviously, the Ducks aren't playing in the playoffs. That gives him more time to talk to the doctors and he said he's constantly working out in that exit interview. He said, you know, he's not relaxing. He's still doing his stuff. So there is a good chance that he, he can try to push for next season. But I, I just, for me, Eddie, it all hinges on whether or not he has hip surgery. If he has that hip surgery, then the chances go down in my mind. Oh, definitely, definitely. But I, I, like I said, you know, I'm rooting for him to come back. But, I mean, his quality of life is number one. And I really think that's the most important thing. And I love how, you know, he had that no-quit mentality. And it just it's just so motivating, like I said before, that that's our hockey players. A lot of them have that mentality. You know, you, you can tell them, you know, no, 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 all you want. But if they have a mindset, they're going to keep doing it until they can't do it anymore. I just hope it doesn't do anything permanently to damage him. Seriously, where it's going to affect them in the future after hockey, because I mean, 
we all face it. We all have that one last game we're going to play. And you can, like I said this before on previous shows too, uh, whether you play, you know, beer league hockey or you play softball, baseball, football, baseball, whatever sport you play, dodgeball. I just watched dodgeball the other day. Some people play dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> we all have that one final game we're going to play. We, we don't know when it's going to happen. It's just going to happen, you know, and hopefully it's on our, our own terms. But, you know, with Kessler, I just, you know, it, it's good to see him keep working out. I just hope he doesn't overdo it and, and cause more damage trying to come back. He has to just, you know, if it's hips bad, like that much bothering, I mean, just, he needs to do something to, to rectify that, to have that better quality of life later. And and that whole re- replacement surgery, uh, uh, that's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough for him to come back from. If he does, more power to him. And, man, that's going to be one of the one of the greatest comebacks, you know, a sports comeback in, in my you know, history because I just watched hockey. But uh, I, I just wish him all the best, and you know, and and you know, I hope everything works out for him. And obviously, too, I hope it works out for the Ducks too, because we can't have someone on the roster that's just going to take up a spot and not perform and and kind of hinder the Ducks as well too. So we have to take that into consideration as well. Yeah, it's something that we'll obviously monitor, and you know, as news comes out over the summer, you know, we'll still be here uh, posting stuff as usual. Like I said, you know, we'll still have articles and shows coming out as well. Uh, the other exit interview that was uh, interesting was Murray talking. Uh, of course, he said he's starting to look for a new coach. And, you know, later in the show, we'll talk about the league, how some of those are now kind of off the table. But uh, that's kind of the plan right now. He, he did say that he's going to reach out to some teams, but he's not going to try to disrupt the flow of the playoffs for some of those teams. He may drop them a note just saying, hey, you know, you know, when's an appropriate time that I can talk to, you know, so-and-so later on after the playoffs or whatnot. So he's trying to be respectful of other teams, which I think is good. Um, he also said that the things that he's looking for this team to improve on are uh, special teams play, something Eddie and I have harped on throughout the season, especially the power play. Um, he's also talking about speed, and when he's talking about that, he's not just talking about skating fast, but he's talking about overall puck movement. Uh, during the five-on-five situations and special teams play as well. And as you mentioned too earlier in the show, the team, you know, not playing a 60-minute game, you know, they just can't do it. We've seen it. Seems like they're able to play a 40-minute game or a 50-minute game or 55 minutes, as you said, but they have a tough time of getting a full three, uh, you know, periods of play put together. So that's something else that came up as well. The other issue, this one kind of bothered me too. when I was listening to his exit interview, Eddie, was the part about the culture of accepting losing. I think that does go back, obviously, to Randy Carlisle and the way the season went. You know, the Ducks had three losing streaks this season. And looking back at the season, I mean, you can't – it's obvious that why the Ducks did not do well this season. I mean, we all know because of Carlisle being in there is, is the reason why this team ended up where they were at. They ended up winning and doing better down the stretch. But – um I, that that culture of losing, I, I think that was the biggest thing that kind of uh, upset me. And, you know, he didn't name players or anything like that. And I don't think he needs to. I, I think a lot of it just goes back to Carlisle. And, and that's the reason why that went the way that it did. Um, but, uh, you know, he's looking for this team to go forward and improve. And it, and it shouldn't go that way anymore. And I don't think it will. Uh, it's just, you know, the I guess the second biggest question for this team is who's going to coach. And we'll talk a little bit more in depth about that later. But what did you think about Murray's comments about, you know, the team and the issues they had this season with special teams and puck movement and things like that? I think he should have called out players. You know, I, I mean, if they had that mentality, putting it on blast, yeah, it's it's 
it's kind of a you know 50 50 he shouldn't have done it he should have but i mean if you have that that losing mentality then what the hell are you even doing playing in the national hockey league i, I mean if, if anyone goes to a game i mean wanting to lose it's just like i i, I don't know I, i'm I'm a, I'm a competitive person and i always been an athlete and i've always semi excelled at every sport i played or attempted to play like i played what you know, in middle school, they had us playing badminton and tennis and ultimate frisbee, and, and I always try to be the best, the best I can. And it's just that competitive mentality. I never went into a, a match wanting to lose or have that mentality. I, mean, I think he should have called them out. Um, I, I'm kind of iffy about Maria. I'm not sure, you know, because he he says things last season or uh, last year's uh, press thing, how he wants to get faster and build the team, and it's, it's going to be better, but. I mean, he didn't really do much. It seemed like he just got uh, – he seemed like he signed some guys and got a little slower. I mean, he made some good deals during the season, and I applaud him for that. But, I mean, I, I just – like I said before, I can't see him going out and trying to, to gamble and, and roll the dice on, on you know, one of those high-end players that can probably help our team. Yeah, I, mean, I know we have some money issues, but, I mean, there's always ways around it. They have a lot of people working on the budget where they can – you know, flop the numbers around and do something to make our team better. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty much how I'm going to leave it at that. And, you know, we have a fan question about that, but I, we can talk about that later too as well. Unless you want to go into that right now, Mike. Yeah, no, we can mention it now. We had uh, Justin, you know, asked us straight up, uh, quote, do you still trust Murray? Why or why not? And I think you brought up some good points there, uh, Eddie. I think the thing with this team this year is, you know, one, he hung on to Carlisle way too long. We all know that, you know, uh, after the first losing streak, he should have been gone, but, you know, or it shouldn't even been brought back at all, which some of you argue about that too. So either, either way, he should, he should have been gone sooner. That's the bottom line. We all know that. So in that part, I was concerned. The fact that he held on to Carlisle for so long, that really bothered me. Um, for whatever, whatever reason you want to say, if it's, it's pride because he brought him back, if it's because, you know, the Ducks are trying to be cheap and not get a, another coach and hang on. I, I don't know. That that whole part did bother me. Um, uh, you know, when he had his little interview thing, the hot stove thing, and I went, I did like his comments there. He's trying to get the team on the right track. He's, he's saying all the right things. And I do like what he normally does when it comes to the draft and whatnot. And I do think we built this team of younger players that's going to come around and really, really take off next year. I mean, I'm really looking for Terry Jones, Steele, Comtois to come back. Uh, you know, I, I think they're going to do uh, phenomenal next season with these younger players. And, of course, they're already all faster. Uh, I think the puck movement's going to be there. They just – they're going to not have experience. So that may be an issue for the, the team next season, especially if Kessler doesn't come back, Eves is gone, you know, different things like that. If they don't have as much of the senior players in there, which Murray did talk a little bit about being an issue too, between the senior players and the younger players in the locker room. So I still do trust him. And I think he can get this team going in the right direction, but it's not as high as it used to be. It's definitely gone down a few notches. Uh, I, I think the biggest thing really for me is the coach and what's going to happen, who's he's going to pick up and, and lead this team because that that's, what's going to really make or break. I think the ducks for the next, you know, a couple seasons and he already messed up with Carlisle coming back. Is he going to mess up again? So that, that's my thing right there. Uh, overall, I, I think, like I said, getting players, the draft, getting young guys, things like that. I do trust him. But when it comes to the coach, that's where I'm a little bit nervous Eddie, And that's where I, I question his decision-making. 
I absolutely agree with that too. Um, I'm going to say I trust Marie in the expansion draft. I trust him to say all the right things, but I don't trust him to be a man of action and to make this team uh, over that hump where it's, it, it's supposed to be. Uh, I think he's he can get the team where he's content with it and average and mediocre. But how I see it in my teams, I don't want them to be average. I don't want them to be mediocre. I want them to be the best. It's never going to happen. It's ever, but I want my team to go 82 and 0 period. But yeah, that's never going to happen, but that's my mentality. That that's this that mentality you have and I've heard Murray and I believed him before like you said all the nice things he says. I remember being in middle school voting for, you know, our ASB president, how he's going to extend recess time or whatever. And <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. But, I mean, when, when the dude got elected, we still had our little 15-minute damn recess and nothing changed. It's like, dude, what happened? Oh, man. I mean, that's what I can compare it to. Uh, I, I, You know, like I said, I, I'll trust him with the expansion draft because, yeah, he did a good job. He got rid of a contract. It's I mean, yeah, we had to get rid of Theodore, but we have a surplus of defensemen. So, I mean, we, we kind of made up for it. But, I mean, going forward and, and getting this team over that hump to win the Stanley Cup, I can't see him being the GM to do it. It's it's frustrating and it's sad to say. And this is one of the times, too, like, I, I hope I'm wrong. I Usually when I say something about hockey, I usually hope I'm wrong. And this is one of the things that I hope, you know, when we win the Cup, Soon, I can be like, "Oh shit, I was wrong." Like, man, I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't have said that, Murray. You know what? I'm not worthy. Like Waynesboro, go down. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. But I mean, like you said, he just talks a big game, and he has great words, and he knows how to use them. But I mean, actions speak louder than words, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Like I said, I, I think he does good, like a off season draft and getting you know people picked up. But like you said, I don't think he's going to extend recess. Um, you know, I don't. I don't think he's gonna ex- extend extend the the cup window for this team because I think the cup window's kind of gone. Bye bye. I mean, it's done right now, in my opinion. I do think that the younger player is going to come up. I do think that this team is going to do better next season for sure, and I think it is going to you know start going back upward in the next couple seasons, but. Are they going to be a Stanley Cup contending team that Murray's going to be able to put together in the next couple of years? I'm with you. I, I have some question marks about that. I, I think Murray is a good GM, but is he a great GM? I don't think so. Uh, that's just where I'm at. I, like you said, um, mediocre doesn't doesn't cut it. I mean, this team is this year. Obviously, it's it's a wash. We just got to just throw it in the trash. Forget about it go watch Angels baseball or, or go on vacations or, or do something, um, which I did. I went to the Angel game this last week. But you got to figure out something to do while this stuff goes on uh, in the offseason. But as far as him getting us that extra oomph, I don't know. And I think maybe, like you said, his extension for the uh, next expansion draft with Seattle uh, is, is the whole big reason why they did it. I, and I get it. But, yeah, this team – trying to get them over that hump with Murray, you know, I don't know. Unless he brings in some phenomenal coach that's going to do it, then then maybe. Uh, but it's a huge maybe. So, you know, I don't know. And and like you said, I, I was concerned about the comments about different players' attitudes and whatnot in the locker room. And I don't know. We, I mean, he didn't call them out in that interview, so I don't know if he called them out separately or what, what they did. Because I know also in Getzloff's uh, exit interview, he talked about that. 
how there was a lot of this negative feeling going on and how they had a meeting about it and talked about it. So I don't, I don't know all the inner workings in the locker room. Obviously you and I aren't there and almost everybody else isn't. So we don't know for sure how that got resolved. Obviously it did because they played better and started winning, but yeah, I, that's, that should not happen in any professional sport. You should not uh, expect losing, you know, I mean, I don't care how bad it is. Um, you gotta, you know, play to win. And I don't know, maybe that's why certain players got moved, you know, certain things like that. But, um, you know, like we said, the next thing is they got to try and find a coach. And um, the other thing that you can do this summer is you can watch the goals. I mean, that's basically another part that you can tune in and check out. I mean, that's is what it is. The Ducks did uh, send Jones, Steele, Larson and Magna all down to San Diego. Uh, If they can go far in the playoffs, Terry may have a chance to get in there. And then uh, Gooley as well. He got injured towards the end of the season, unfortunately, again. But uh, he has a chance. So that's something else to look forward to. Um, the other thing that just came up, we can kind of shift gears now, too, is the uh, draft lottery. I, I guess this kind of goes back to my earlier point about winning or losing. Some people aren't happy that the Ducks won. Uh, towards the end, you know, they ended up having the eighth best odds, which was a 6% chance at winning the lottery. They had a 19% chance of being in the top three. They did the draft lottery. They ended up uh, going one spot down. They ended up going to ninth on there. Um, but there was a lot of controversy with this draft lottery thing, Eddie. Uh, people were super upset, uh, especially about Chicago, because uh, Chicago jumped up. I know you were upset because your, your other team, you like Colorado, they were supposed to be number one. They dropped down to number four. And, you know, the, the Kings dropped down a little bit. Boo-hoo for them. We don't care. But they went down. Um, most of the other teams kind of fell in the same spot. Obviously you had New Jersey jumping up there in the number one, New York, number two, and then Chicago, number three, rounding up those top three picks. But a lot of people upset that, you know, these original teams in the, in the top, you know, spots, uh, and then Chicago jumping up. Uh, what did you think? I mean, I know you're not happy about Colorado, but what did you think about all these, this, you know, Chicago moving up and all that? You think any kind of conspiracy ping pong, you know, drama or what? Um, I don't really believe in coincidences at all. And when Colorado gets the fourth pick again, when having the worst record since they had Ottawa's pick, and Ottawa has the first record, our worst record, a few years ago, it happened with the, the the Avalanche again. They had the worst record in the National Hockey League, and they played their worst season ever in franchise history. And they get the number four pick, and New Jersey gets number one. And come around this time, they have Ottawa's pick, and Ottawa has the worst record. Colorado gets number four again and New, New, New Jersey gets number one. So I'm like, you know, I don't believe in really conspiracies and things like that, but I don't believe in coincidences either. So I'm like, okay, what the hell is going on? This draft. It, it just, it's just like mind boggling. It's blowing my mind right there. Like that, that, that's kind of like nearly impossible. Like it's like winning the, like, to me, it's like winning the Powerball twice in a row. Like, I mean, I, I've been trying to win it, which I haven't even played, but I just I, I want to win it, but I don't play. So that's kind of stupid. But it, it's just crazy. But we'll just skip that and I'll, I'll, I'll stop my, my crying for that. I'll just wait till later to cry about that. But with the, the, the draft lottery, I mean, number nine's not that bad. I mean, you can't really, you know, the whole draft, it's just kind of crazy. It's it just, you never know what someone's full capability is going to be. Yeah, you can pick, you know, the the favorite and, you know, everyone's talking about, you know, Hughes. You don't know if he's going to be a bust or not. 
I mean, look at uh, Rick DiPietro, and I think the Islanders are still paying for him, if I'm not mistaken. I'll, I'll go ahead and look that up and correct that if I'm wrong. But, I mean, the whole draft is just, just kind of – it's it's just a big question mark. And, and there's not really those, like, players that are for – those Crosbys or McDavid's that are, are you know, like for sure, number one, they're going to just be a franchise player. So, I mean, I mean, the Ducks can get a steal. I mean, look at uh, Andre Acosta. They, he got, they got him out seventh round. And look how he's performing. That That's just nuts. So it's just, you know, it's really unpredictable on what's going to happen in the draft. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, the way it looks, too, I mean, the Ducks, yeah, being ninth isn't terrible. Um, you know, they have a good chance of getting some picks there. And, uh, you know, they also have a possibility of getting a 20th pick. It, it's a little confusing how it all will play out. But um, they either get San Jose's uh, number one pick or they get St. Louis's. And it really depends on the the final draft order, which, I mean, it, it depends on the playoffs uh, as far as after number 15. So, you know, you need some teams basically uh, to lose kind of. <laughs> uh, it's kind of confusing, but... Those teams that are uh, between in the spots there as far as the playoffs are going um, it, are, are positioned, I guess you could say, is you've got Colorado there that's at 16, Vegas at 17, Dallas at 18, Columbus at 19, and then St. Louis at 20, is kind of, or, or that would be the Ducks currently. Basically, we don't want any of those teams to get into the conference final. So if any of those teams get to the conference final, their pick drops down. They, they go somewhere in the bottom, but, you know, 28, 31, somewhere in there. And what will happen is St. Louis's pick bumps up above 19. Well, the Ducks are able to get St. Louis's pick, but it has to be 20 to 31. So that, that's kind of the confusing part of it. So we don't want any of them to basically get to the conference final, uh, those those five teams. It's confusing, but that's how it's going to look at. So um, that's what we're looking at. But if they don't, the Ducks still have a chance of getting a late first round or two plus a ninth round pick. I know we had some fan questions about it, and um, they were asking, you know, what kind of player do we think? We're not going to go into specifics of whatnot as far as uh, who we think or, 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 you know, where they're going to go. But some people asked, uh, Michael and Marcos, they both, you know, thought what would the Ducks do for a ninth pick? And they did ask, you know, if it would be a defenseman. And some of the, the draft mock drafts that I've seen um, are showing defensemen. Uh, a lot of it. There's uh, Matthew Robertson, Cam York, Alex Velasic. Those are some of the names that came up in some of the mock drafts I've seen. Like I said, we'll have articles and shows really going into detail about it. But a lot of what I've seen has been defensemen in some of the mock drafts. So, there's a good chance at that. We know Murray likes to pick the best player available. But uh, if they don't go with defensemen, I know, Eddie, you looked at some players that were forwards, and there were a couple that I just want to throw out right now um, that you thought that the Ducks might look at being the ninth pick. Yeah, just uh, looking at a different draft. I, I think that, well, in my opinion, I think the Ducks probably want to get a little bit faster and get that two-way game that they talk about, having that two-way player. Uh, Matthew Baldy, I looked up. I mean, he has that, that you know, that size, a great vision. And he's a two-way player. And also, I read an article uh, on BSN uh, Denver, who were doing a mock draft, and they mentioned uh, Peyton Krebs, a center. You know, he's a, a two-way forward. And they also mentioned in their article that, you know, they trust Anaheim to pick, you know, the best prospects. They usually do a good job, you know, drafting players like that. So that, that was a good shout-out from uh, – 
the guys at BSN Denver over there that, that covered the Avalanche. So that was cool. Um, one guy, I, you know, I've been trying to really study the draft a little bit more. Uh, one guy that really stood out to me, but it's really unlikely that they're going to pick him up, is Arthur Kilioff. You guys should uh, check that guy out. He's a, a Russian player. He's an Americanized Russian player. So he's, he's still uh, – he still represents Team USA and plays for Team USA. He just – just watching him, he looks like OV. Like the way he shoots, that one knee down, just his shot is like Ovechkin. And I, I think that would be a great player. But I, some drafts I saw him going, you know, 11, 10. And other drafts I saw him going 15 or 16. But, I mean, that would be a good pick that I would want to see in the Ducks uniform because just watching him. But, but like you said, Mike, we're, we're going to go into more detail about this, you know, uh, come closer to draft day, especially when we actually know what the Ducks are going to have in the second first-round pick as well. But those are the few I think that they're going to go for. And I really think they're going to go for that two-way forward player. But, I mean, I mean, the best player available, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, and if they have those two picks, like we said, we don't we don't know where the the second one will be. Um, it could be twentieth or somewhere down lower, so we're not a hundred percent sure. But you know, having those two picks, it, it could be that they have one that's like you said, a uh, two way player, and then a defenseman as well. They could get one of each, uh, maybe. I mean, it, it just depends. We won't know. Uh, basically, until the end of the season, or excuse me, into the uh, playoffs uh, unfold and where all those teams land. Like we said, it could bump um, St. Louis's pick a little bit higher, or it could bump a little bit, you know, lower. So, still some stuff to be played out. We won't know for sure. Uh, as far as like the draft and conspiracy and all that, no, I don't think there's much of a conspiracy. I do think that it's unfortunate that Colorado got bumped down and. Yeah, Chicago going from, you know, 12th to 3rd is kind of, you know, kind of weird. But, I mean, it is what it is. And like you said, I mean, if they get a certain player, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be the big winner. And like you said, sometimes you get gems in the 5th, 6th, 7th rounds. So, you know, I'm not a big fan of it. I know they have all the people there in the room and they all do the whole thing and they have representatives from each team. So, I mean, yeah. it. it I mean, is it kind of make you, you know, raise an eyebrow? Yeah, but... I mean, I, I don't think anything of it. It just kind of sucks that Chicago got all the way up there because, you know, obviously we're not big fans of them. But, but hey, the Kings went down too a little bit. So, you know, that kind of helps us out a little. So uh, I thought it was interesting. I, I, I was a little irritated, though, with NBC, Eddie. Uh, they said tune in at 5 p.m. Pacific time, and they didn't get this thing rolling until after 5.30. So that kind of bugged me. I don't know about you, Eddie, but I, I, I raced home to get on time. I was running a lot of errands. So, I mean – that kind of irritated me. What did you think about them doing it? You know, thirty-five minutes later. <laughs> yeah, same here. I, I was just kind of rushing home. I usually like, get home and get everything settled. Have you know my my second lunch, my little sandwich, and but I was just rushing and running around trying to clean up the house a little bit. Just you know, and all of a sudden I tune in like, oh yeah, well, you know, we'll bring it in an hour. And all of a sudden, like thirty-eight minutes later, they finally do it. I'm like, okay, well, you should have just set that and stuff, and not just had us just waiting here and. And you repeating the same interview twice, I, I did that. I'm like, okay, whatever. But, you know, we finally got our draft positions and stuff. And like I said, the draft was unpredictable. The, that one year set Jones got drafted, he was supposed to uh, be projected to be uh, number one overall. And he dropped down to number four. Not saying it's going to happen with this draft, with Hughes or anything. But, I mean, things, things can happen. And they have a lot of scouts that check out every single detail about this player to make sure he's – 
right for their organization. He's going to blossom and be that, that superstar that everybody wants. So don't just get caught up that all because these player rankings are, are you know, one, two, three, and four, it's going to end up because things can change in an instant. And it's just, you know, just looking back at that draft from Seth Jones, first overall uh, projected draft pick, he dropped down to number four and he went to Nashville. And now he's in Columbus. So, you know, it's just, it's really unpredictable. You can't really guess what's going to happen. Yeah, and there's still the chance of trades, too. You never know. Like, I mean, Murray could try to trade up depending on what that second pick ends up being. You know, or he could try and trade that ninth pick up. And same with all these other teams. They could all do that. So, I mean, it, it's nothing is set in stone until we get to the draft day. Obviously, it's a little ways away. You know, they did this draft lottery a little bit early to make some excitement, which was good. Um, got some people talking and whatnot. Um, and then, of course, NBC had to tease us by talking about all the teams in the playoffs. So the teams that were getting ready to watch the draft lottery that aren't in the playoffs could just get it rubbed in their faces a little bit more and their fans, too, I guess. I don't know. I don't really know what NBC was thinking with that. But um, anyways, th- that's the draft lottery for you in a nutshell. Uh, like we said, New Jersey's number one, New York number two. And then Chicago jumped all the way up to number three. And the Ducks are at number nine. We did post the graphic up there um, on social media everywhere if you want to see the complete list. But it's all on there, so you can check it out. And, uh, you know, with that, I mean, the playoffs are already underway, Eddie. Uh, we did have our bracket challenge again this year. Uh, we had over 300 people in this one, so it was great. And uh, like I said, the winner is going to get a 25th anniversary jersey. So thanks to all of you that signed up. And whoever wins is going to win it. Um we won't go into a full-blown uh, playoff thing, but I, I do know in the brackets, Eddie and I both felt the same. We think it's going to be Winnipeg and Tampa Bay in the final. Eddie thinks Winnipeg is going to win it. I think Tampa Bay. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're kind of on the same path, but uh, it's going to be interesting. Some of these matchups uh, that are going down, I think we can kind of talk a little bit about the West. You've got uh, Colorado, who you also obviously like. They're playing Calgary. You've got uh, San Jose and Vegas, which should be interesting because those two teams absolutely hate each other. Uh, you have Dallas and Nashville, Winnipeg and St. Louis. So I guess looking over just some of these briefly, what are your thoughts as far as the uh, Western Conference playoff bracket, Eddie? I think it's going to be fun. Uh, I can see the Avalanche upsetting the Flames, especially how hot the Abs have been. And the Flames only faced Varlamov, the three matchups they had in the season. They didn't face Grubauer yet, and Grubauer has been absolutely on fire for the Avalanche. Um, what I really want to watch is that San Jose and Vegas one, too. That's going to be a, a gritty physical game. And, you know, I have Vegas winning that one, and I have, uh, for the second round, uh, the Avalanche and Vegas going head to head. And then uh, uh, I think Nashville's going to, you know, unfortunately pull that win. And, you know, that's uh, a fast forward with the Stanley Cup final. I really think that it's going to be a Winnipeg for the West. I think they have all the pieces together. They have speed. They have physicality. And they have one, two, and three punch. They're just an overall great, well-rounded team. And I can see them, you know, advancing the Stanley Cup final and possibly winning it. And that's who I picked in my bracket to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I know. I, a few of the people uh, that, you know, my Avalanche friends, they listen to this too. And they're probably going to, like, give me shit about this. But, I mean, yeah, I, I love the Avalanche. And I hope they, they make it to this Cup final. But I, I don't see the Avalanche having those pieces together to make it. And, and, and Winnipeg just – they look like a solid, a solid great hockey team that has – pretty much everything covered as far as what you need in the playoffs. So I have them. And, and obviously if I do win this bracket, I, I'm going to, you know, 
you know, not going to take the 25th anniversary jersey. Of course, I'll just, you know, just, you know, do some kind of raffle for it and give it away. But, I mean, that's my pick. Yeah, we'll figure it out. If I win this thing, then, yeah, obviously I'm not going to give myself the jersey. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure out something. Somebody else besides us two is going to get this jersey. But, yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I think in the West, the one I really, really want to watch is San Jose and Vegas. They're going at it the last couple games of the season. So, that's who I'm I, – I, as far as excitement value, I, I guess, those are the four matchups. But, yeah, I'm with you. I think Winnipeg is a complete team. Uh, and has a really good chance at, at making that run in the West. In the East, uh, I, I still go with Tampa Bay, and I know Phil will probably be listening to this, so he'll be super happy because that's his team that he likes. But, I, I mean, I, I they're just, come on, 60 wins in the season? I mean, holy crap, and another complete team. So I really think they can go far. I think um, – I don't think they have a trouble with Columbus. Obviously, they're blowing them out in game one as we're recording this, so – I think they'll take Columbus, and then whoever wins Boston or Toronto, I don't think they're going to have much of a competition there. So really depends on who comes out of the other bracket. Uh, I think it's going to be Washington again coming out of there, though. So I kind of think it might be Tampa Bay and Washington that fight it out in the conference final, and and then Tampa Bay going to the Stanley Cup final. So that that's just kind of my thought there. What do you think about the East, Eddie? I had actually uh, the Penguins uh, beating the Capitals. Uh, the, for some reason, they always just get hot at, at the end or in playoffs, and they, they, they just all click. Um, and part of me, too, just part of me because, you know, their fans irritate me. I, I kind of hope the Islanders and the, the Maple Leafs both advance, and then a Game 7, John Tavares scores against, you know, the game-winning goal against the Islanders. It's just a, because it's just how classless and distasteful their fans have been toward Tavares this whole season. And this is one of the rarities that I'll ever agree with Sean Avery. But when Sean Avery made that video calling out their fans, I, I think he was absolutely right. A, a player that gave, you know, pretty much his all for your organization and chose to play for his childhood team. You're going to treat him like that when you, he comes back. I mean, you should be thanking him for all those years. I mean, hockey's a business and business comes first, period. I mean, no matter what anyone says, it, you know, if you guys feel differently, then – then why don't you go and work a job and for less money if you have that loyalty for your company? No, it's absolutely ridiculous because if, if I'm working somewhere and uh, this other place offers me a lot more money and I, I want to work for this organization better, then I'm going to jump and go to that organization. I can just stay making this mediocre money or, you know, I mean, the Islanders, they didn't even have a stadium. Two stadiums are their, is their home stadium. So, I don't know. I, I, I kind of hope that happens, but I kind of hope it doesn't because I don't want my bracket to be all screwed up because I have a Tampa Bay and Boston going at it, then Washington and, and, and Pittsburgh going at it, but they have Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay advancing. And then, like I said, in my bracket, and Phil's going to hate me for this, but uh, I have uh, Winnipeg beating Tampa Bay and 18 goals scored in that series. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be fun. Uh, like you said, I mean, we've got the same teams, Winnipeg and Tampa Bay. We'll see if they're the ones in the final. Yeah, the Tavares situation you bring up as well, I, I'm with you 100% on that. Uh, it, it's just unnecessary. I, I don't understand that at all. But, yeah, that would, be, that would be crazy if he was to, you know, go burn his former team. But, yeah, like you said, that would screw up my bracket too. So I, I kind of hope that that doesn't happen, though, um, you know, it, it would be exciting. But, yeah, I think uh, the other one to watch, too, would be Pittsburgh and Washington. You know, I like the Penguins, too. I think that would be another good series if that does unfold in the second round of the playoffs as well. So plenty of good hockey coming up, even even though you're a Ducks fan and, and you're upset that they're out of it. You know, I still like watching all this, so I'll catch all the games when I can and whatnot. But uh, 
fun times. And if you're in the bracket challenge, um, you know, we'll see who wins. So thanks for entering again. It's like our third or fourth year of doing it. Um, I guess we'll just wrap up a couple, a little bit of league news, really, Eddie, uh, before we'll, you know, kind of take a break. Um, like I said, we'll, we'll have some more shows later on in the summertime. But I guess talking about the coaching stuff, uh, you know, Coach Q, if you're a Ducks fan, you wanted him to come to Anaheim. That's not going to happen. He's ended up going to Florida. And it looks like uh, McClellan might be off the board, too, here pretty soon as well as we're recording this. So um, that's a couple of the things going on there, Eddie. Um, it's, it'll be interesting to see who the Ducks are going to get, but it looks like those two guys will be off the board. Uh, you know, of course, Eakins is still battling it out uh, with the goals right now. The goals are trying to uh, clinch a playoff spot. Um, you know, they're playing right now at home as we record this, and hopefully they win and get in. But uh, he's the one that I, I look forward to come up as the Ducks. But are there any other names out there, Eddie? I mean, like I said, these two guys are off the board. Anybody else uh, besides Eakins? I know we talked about him a couple times on this show. But uh, anybody else in mind that you would, uh, you know, hope that the Ducks maybe go after or at least talk to? Eakins. I mean, I hope they talk to more just to have that, you know, that, that variety. But I, I, I from day one, I, I said Eakins, and I'm sticking to that. If not, I mean – if they want to throw a job offer my way, I'll do my best. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'll, I'll probably guarantee Ducks fans if I'm coaching the Ducks next season, we'll definitely get a number one draft pick. But I mean, <laughs> but no, no, it's, I really like Dallas, and I hope that he has success with you know the goals this season. I really hope they make the playoffs, so we can watch that, and, and you know at least you'll know, cheer for the goals too as being that yeah, Ducks affiliate. But I mean, that's how I have all my money in and. And a lot of our younger players are going to come up and they're going to be used to his system and they're going to be used to his coaching style. And he can just kind of build off that and hopefully have some success and bring that success he had from the goals and bring it to the Ducks. So, I mean, but that's all the money I have on him. Um, Coach Q, I wasn't really like, I was kind of iffy about, uh, reportedly he took less money. Uh, uh, I think Philadelphia offered him more, but he took less money to go to Florida so, um, I mean, that's kind of interesting. And we do have a couple other league news, too, uh, an arrest. And then uh, we have that uh, Voinov situation, too, Mike. So uh, I'll probably start off with talking about JT Brown. If you guys haven't heard, a former Ducks player, he uh, he got arrested for drunken public. And some people kind of made some uh, some disgusting comments toward that. And I, I'm not going to repeat them on the show. They're not worth repeating. But I really liked his response. Uh, you know, he – he acknowledged what he did wrong and took full responsibility for his actions. And I mean, you can't really judge anyone for being drunk in public because if half you people that, that drink are at a bar at a sporting event, I mean, technically you're considered drunk in public. If, if you are in that inebriated state, I mean, half the people that go to dive bars, if not everyone at a dive bar, you're still in public view. I mean, I, I've been drunk in public probably every other weekend at the dive bar, but I mean, it's just, and ducks too. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, I, I think you were telling me too. I guess you know, there's some ordinance in different cities where you can be considered drunk in public at your own home too, as well. And and I know some of the laws in California say like if you're in your, your own property but you're within public view, you can still be considered you know arrestable for drunk in public. But so we, we shouldn't really be like you know the people that are judging him and and throwing it out there. You know, it, it's just I. Man, if you guys can send me a DM and let me know how you spend your life being so perfect in life, that'd be cool because I, I strive to be perfect too. But I mean, I, I think he handled it like a true professional and he 100% took responsibility for his actions. And, I, and I'm pretty sure he's, you know, kicking himself in the ass for that. I, I, he just made a mistake and, 
you know, I, we can't really fault him, but I love the, you know, the, the afterwards and how he handled it. It just really shows his character of a person. And, you know, I, I hate that he plays for the wild. I can't stand it because I hate that team. But I mean, I, 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 I wish this is something that just blows past him and he, he learns from his experience and it just makes him a better man for it. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100. percent I mean, I, have I been drunk in public? Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, like I said, most of the duck games, hello. So yeah, it, it happens. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, to me, it's not a big deal. It's more a big deal if you're driving and then drunk. Then obviously, that's a serious issue. If you're out hanging out and you're having a couple of drinks, I mean, it, it happens. I'm not saying that. that you want to get to a point of, of beyond stupid. I mean, sometimes it happens. You, you know, you just got to be responsible with what you're doing. You know, that's that's the key, obviously, and definitely not while driving. Oh yeah, and stay away from Patron, like freaking Patron too. That that creeps up. <laughs> uh, and Uber or Lyft, okay. I'm not. I don't speak for them, but I'm not advertising for them. I'm just saying we have that option. You know, when we were growing up, I didn't. We didn't have that option. There was something called a taxi. It was like this yellow car. You'd call, come pick you up. You know, for younger people, that's that's what we used to use back in the day. But now you got other options too. So oh, even less of, of a reason. Even less oh, yeah. of a reason. So I always say, uh, if you can go out and afford, or if you can't afford to call a simple Lyft or Uber or a taxi, then you probably shouldn't be go out drinking. Like that's just that's just yeah, common sense one hundred and one. I mean, there's times too where I just I wanted to walk. I didn't feel like being in a car because I was like feeling nauseous and stuff. I just walked home, like, you know, a couple miles. It's not going to kill you. I had my, my buddy with me. I wasn't stumbling over or throwing up. Just casually just walking and just, you know, not driving. And I, I rarely, like, no, I just never drive, like, when I'm that intoxicated state. I just, you know, I'm, I'm lucky I have, like, bars within, like, 7 or $8 of an Uber trip to get me there and back. So. Exactly. No, but you're right. If you can't afford an Uber or Lyft to the place, then... Yeah, why are you going and spending money on drinking over there? So exactly. So also talking about that, uh, kind of related, I, I guess. But uh, our homeboy Voinov is back in the news again. Uh, you know, sometimes people drink and get in domestic violence situations, and we have Voinov where I guess he's trying to come back, but the league uh, or the what is it, the uh, the players' association uh is trying to appeal his suspension and all this and like i'm just tired of this eddie I, like i can't believe this resurfaced again this week yeah i just i, I think i think the league is, is kind of responsible for this they waited to the very last minute to suspend him they, they should have figured out what they wanted to do during the season or before not just wait to the last minute now he has the opportunity to appeal the suspension with the independent arbitrator i can't see the arbitrator upholding that whole full suspension i, I think he's going to get half the season prize suspension or he's going to come back if it's going to come down to that. And, you know, I mean, he screwed up really bad and I really hope that he's really taken this thing seriously. And he went to counseling, like he said he did. And I really hope that his, you know, he's a changed person because I would hate for, you know, his wife to be in that, that situation and, and being in that dangerous, toxic situation like that. Um, what gets me frustrated is this Russian is kind of getting a, a ill treatment from the league, but you have uh, someone like Watson who, who blames And this kind of offends me because I deal with mental illness, but he just drunkenly makes a tweet like at two or three in the morning, which is a PR no, no about how he has mental issues. And then how he had his wife or girlfriend come up and say it was all her fault, you know, pretty much the victim blame. And she's taking all the blame for it. Cause she's an alcoholic. And then, after his little drunken tweets, he 
apparently has a drinking problem now and he's in a substance abuse program and and now he just he's able to play and it's it's all fine and dandy and no one really cares the fans in nashville just kind of brush it off like it's nothing like and they blame her too which is it's absolutely disgusting because you blame a victim especially of domestic violence like what the hell is wrong with you i mean like the the woman battered syndrome i think it's called yeah i just i think it's a double standard and i mean i'm not trying to like be the voice for Voinoff and you know i mean if i had it my way both of them should just not play in the league period just just leave it at that but i i just see that how it's kind of that unfairness you know and it it seems like you know and uh, one of my buddies jason brought it up too how uh I guess the league kind of treats Russians differently than they do like a Canadian player. So I I don't know if that's anything worth bringing up, but I I just want to bring it up because it made me think when he actually said that to me, it's like, yeah, that's kind of weird that, you know, Watson's just had this kind of, you know, incorrigible behavior and and it's okay. He's just fine and dandy. But, you know, I mean, like I said, if I had it my way, they should just both not play. He could stay in Russia and Watson can go play beer league somewhere. I, I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I mean, none of that stuff should be tolerated at all. You know, as far as what country they're from, I have no idea if that factors into it or not. But yeah, I I just don't get it. There's just no room for it, period. You know, you're a professional on the ice and you need to be a professional off the ice. Um, You know, sometimes we make little minor mistakes here and there. We, We get that we're all human. But these kind of things, I mean, hello, it's not a minor thing. And then like you said, trying to cover up stuff or backtrack stuff, that just makes it look even worse. So, I, you know, I, I hope the league does, you know, uh, the, or I should say the arbitrator, like you said, I hope they do say, hey, no, he's out. So, you know, and, and the fact he's connected to the Kings, too. It's like, really? Come on, man. Like, get rid of this fool. You know, you know, just he doesn't need to come back at all, period. And I, I don't know where he would land anyways or what team would take him anyway. Oh, no. Yeah, that's a PR nightmare. Like, I, I can't even that's the other issue is I don't know if anybody would want to bring him back, you know, out, outside of any anything. I don't know. So, but yeah, that was a little bad part that uh, resurfaced this week. But like I said, the playoffs are underway, so you can enjoy that. Of course, the Ducks aren't in there. Uh, you can watch the goals right now. They're battling it out and trying to earn their spot in the playoffs down there as well. And uh, a lot of other things to check out, too. Don't forget, you know, we still have our shirts that are for sale on tpnhockey.com. You can go on there. A lot of them are on sale right now, um, so check that out. Also, don't forget if you're on patreon.com slash ducksandpucks, you have a chance of getting a cool hockey gift card. It's 200 bucks. You can buy whatever jersey you want. Most of the people that have, are members uh, that have won have gotten Ducks jerseys, but you know we, we leave it up to you. We thank Cool Hockey for doing that, and you can get – uh, whatever you want. Since it's a gift card, it's pretty cool. Like I said, 200 bucks as well. And we also give away game tickets. Obviously, the season's done. But, you know, if you want to get in on the Patreon now and join, um, we'll be giving away uh, game tickets next season. And we're working on a whole lot of things to make uh, next year even better for our experience. And, you know, I guess just to really wrap up the show and the season, we just thank everybody for the support. You know, the last couple of games that I went to for the Ducks, tons of fans are still there. Games are still sold out. So people that say that we don't have a good fan base, they can go duck themselves. Um, you know, you guys have been awesome, uh, you know, and supporting us too on the show. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, with the Ducks not doing as well, I wondered if people were still going to listen to the show or how it was going to go. Because a lot of times people check out towards the end of the season and uh, the support's still been there from everybody. And everything we've done. So, you know, we appreciate that too. You know, it's been five years of, of doing this stuff. So uh, from Eddie and I, a big uh, thank you. 
And um, like I said, just stay tuned. We'll have more stuff this summer. We'll have more articles. We'll cover the draft and free agency and different things going on. So with that, thanks for listening and let's go Ducks.